Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today we're interviewing the former CEO and founder of a digital advertising agency who sold her company as an ESOP in 2014. She's going to tell us her story in a minute, but before we do that, let's hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and Baker Tilly. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880. sunbeltminnesota.com. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Nina Hale, founder of the digital ad agency now named Collective Measures. Nina, welcome to the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a busy schedule. Oh, uh, well, I would I'm just really excited to be here and to be able to talk about businesses and ESOPs and also talk with somebody who really understands exit strategies and client consulting. So wonderful. It's great. Well, good. And this is a topic that we have not really touched on much in this show. So it's just super that you're here, especially with your firsthand knowledge. But before we get to that, Mm -hmm. could you just share a little bit of your background with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I was one of these sort of nerdy kids in the 80s who was surfing on prototype internet networks. Mm. And I got really into online life even before there was a WWW. So there was like dial-in things. So I really started moving my career, especially around the time of getting my MBA in the right around the turn of the century towards digital and towards digital advertising and Mm. really trying to understand how people were using the internet. And so I founded my own agency. I'd worked at other agencies in the digital realm, and I founded my own agency in 2005. Mm. We were really focused on the whole idea of performance, which is how are you going to actually use the internet as a company to make money? 
Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of lead generation. We did a lot of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. We were really early innovators in how you use Google. How do you get to the top of Google either through ads? I was running the first Facebook ads when it was still kind of a closed network. Wow. And the company just kept growing. We just had wonderful clients and these amazing employees. So about the time when I started thinking, all right, what is my exit? As you sure. know, if you don't have an exit strategy, you don't mm-hmm. have a strategy. Right. And so as I was researching everything, I found out about ESOPs and I thought, oh, that's for me. ESOP yeah. is the employee stock ownership plan and that's yes. that's what I wanted. That is, um, I, I'm just amazed at what an innovator you you were and are. I yeah, mean, thank you, know, you. I mean, think about it. Like how many women-owned businesses are actually ESOPs? So mm-hmm. you're you're definitely a trailblazer. And um, let's let's talk about that ESOP um, experience. First of all, maybe we could just set it up so that people understand what an ESOP is from mm-hmm. a, you know just the basics. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. ESOP stands for Employee Stock Ownership Plan, mm-hmm. and how it works is that rather than doing a private sale where as the owner of a company you're selling to another entity who's going to buy the purchase it in one way or another mm-hmm. you are actually creating a new entity that is the ESOP trust mm-hmm. and that ESOP buys the company from you it buys whatever portion whether 10% or 100% buys a portion from you and then that entity lives and on behalf of the employees. And every year that an employee stays at the company, mm-hmm. they receive stock for free in the company. And every year the company is valued and the stock price is set. And so when you meet certain, as an employee, you meet certain um, certain uh, rules around what an ESOP is, then you end up receiving a portion of stock every single year, and you build this enormous wealth mm-hmm. in the company that you are part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The leadership structure doesn't change. The way that the company is run doesn't change. Mm-hmm. You can stay on as the leader, or you can create your exit and leave as the leader and turn it over to the next generation or you know the next group of people who are going to run the company. But you sold a portion and you stayed on. I right? sold 100%. Oh, you did? I'm I sorry. I did. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. it's. I did stay on, though. So okay. that was kind of one of the things that's great about an ESOP in that way is that when you do a private sale, mm-hmm. you don't, you can't really dictate the terms of your exit. Mm-hmm. You usually put in two to three years as a buyout where you are working the same 70-hour work weeks that you have been working all the yeah, way up until then. A lot of times then. that's the truth, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I really wanted to start um, finding more balance in my life. And I wanted to start getting some of the value that had been created in the company. I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to start seeing some of that value for myself. So I I created a 100% ESOP because I... Um, I I did everything I could throughout everything, throughout the transition, all the transitions to reduce confusion. Mm. And so I wanted to reduce the confusion over who owned the company and how that worked. There's also an enormous benefit to an ESOP, which is that 
once your company turns into an ESOP, mm -hmm. you no longer pay taxes. Mm. And so before, as a private owner of a company, your taxes run you run through all the profits, run yes. through your personal taxes. Mm -hmm. So you are often taking half the profits of the company and turning it around right. to taxes, which is, you know, I mean, but, um, but as an ESOP, all of that money that was going into taxes is all of a sudden can be used to pay you off because you are still getting paid off. You figure out a sale price mm -hmm. of the company. You have your advisors. You have your lawyers. Mm -hmm. And and the money generally that was being used to pay your taxes is now going to be used to pay you off. Mm -hmm. And then once that's done, then it's being used to acquire new companies, to grow the company and other things. Mm -hmm. As for your question about how then I exited, what I did is once I created the ESOP, I started cutting back my hours. Mm. And so the first year I joke that I started, the first year I got down to 45 hours a week. <laughs> and um, But I was off one full day a week and I was sort of pursuing this other life, although I was always available for client calls. Sure, sure. So my clients didn't even know. Uh -huh. And then the second year I kind of cut back more. So at around... Uh, after 2016, mm -hmm. at that point, that's when I really turned over a lot of the control to the CEO, who's still there, is Donna Robinson, mm -hmm. and she's absolutely brilliant. She had been with me for years, and she was par a big part of the conversation, should we turn into an ESOP? Mm -hmm. Because if she wasn't there and leading the company and bringing it forward, it it couldn't have worked or it would have been just different. Oh, so, absolutely, because she yeah. carried on the culture that you built. She carried on everything. Yeah. And she had right. a much, um, you know, Donna is much better at that management overall running the company thing. I mm. sort of had a big personality and I had a lot of vision and mm -hmm. a lot of innovation and these tight relationships with my clients, but we needed order <laughs> and, sure. and things. And that's one of the many, many things that Donna was able to bring to the agency. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Value creation. Mm. That is huge. It, for business mm -hmm. owners, right? right? And and you talked about how the ESOP created value within the firm, but then there's the whole other realm of valuation itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how is that different for an ESOP versus an external sale? Absolutely. So an external sale may end up having, there's a lot of times you're going to have a strategic sale. Yes. And somebody is buying you because they want your clients, they want your geography, they want your top talent, or some other thing that gives it that strategic value. You're going to get up, end up getting more money than mm -hmm. you would. A ESOP is going to be a financial value. You're going to do it based upon a financial model that, mm -hmm. that your advisors will come up with and that are mutually agreed upon by you end up hiring two groups. You hire a group for yourself and you hire a group for the for the new ESOP. And mm -hmm. you have this sort of friendly negotiation between the two. Yes. But um but you're going to end up ha following a financial model for that. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that for a lot of small companies, if you're a company maybe under $25 million a year in revenue, you may not get a huge strategic value 
out of a sale. And also with a strategic value, you have to find exactly the right buyer yes. who at exactly the right time, you have to be absolutely sure that the cultures are going to fit and that there's going to be a success. So for, for me doing the ESOP, I was able, at least for there's all sorts of reasons I did the ESOP, but mm-hmm. one of the main one, but of course you want to get your money out of it as well, for and, sure. And I was able to get more money than I originally thought I was going to get. Good for you, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, and um, and but still be able to then create this amazing structure for other people. It's it's a win win for everybody, right? It's a huge win-win yeah. for everybody because you are you are creating this enormous retirement package for your employees. And then all of a sudden, rather than – I always said – I mean, I knew I didn't do it on my own. I knew that I had these – I had 25, 30 employees at the mm-hmm. time that I created it sure. into an ESOP, and now they're at 100. Mm. And um, – and so I always said, I didn't want to run off down the road laughing with a check in my hand and saying, yeah. see ya. Yeah. And and I was able to then, there's people now who have been there since I created the ESOP, and they have years and years of stock that mm. they've received every year. And the stock has done so well. I mm. mean, they just did a valuation yesterday, and it was another huge jump. Wow. So all these people, all of that stock value mm. goes up every year. So it's 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 a big deal knowing that I'm sort of creating and helping move wealth equity within the state. Exactly. It's just that whole conversation of the ripple effect of what happens to all the stakeholders, right? Not just Mm -hmm. the shareholders, but the stakeholders whenever there's a poor exit. And and yours was the complete opposite. So you're kind of a hero. Oh, (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) I, I worked really hard. Yeah. You know, I I had really great advisors and really great mm. people around me, mm-hmm. and um, and I was really excited and interested in something that was a perfect growing entity. It was a perfect growing thing, so it was a great um, perfect storm of things that came together for me. Wonderful. So let's talk about the critical elements necessary in mm. order to be able to. Um, choose the ESOP option versus other uh, transition options? Yeah, the critical, there are some really critical elements of it. You have to be the right size. You know, you really need to be, at, there's sometimes I've heard of ESOPs that only had 10 people and mm. there just aren't enough people to to get stock each year. There's too much turnover. Mm-hmm. You have to have people, the whole idea is that you're trying to create loyalty and longevity for your employees while you are also providing, um, you know, a real motivation to Mm -hmm. make the company successful. So if you don't have enough people, that benefit of people really caring about the company and Mm -hmm. really caring about the success and the growth and your clients, that won't be there. So, so it may not be right for that. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or it's it, it's a critical thing on that. Also, as I said earlier, you if you're planning on exiting, on leaving the company after that, you really need to have rock solid leadership. Absolutely. Now, of course, that's not that's that's it's not a, a shocking news yeah. you know, newsflash for anybody, mm-hmm. but you really need to have leadership who is excited about the ESOP, who's excited about taking over that, mm-hmm. and to continue on that culture. 
and so you know people who are really committed to the company and the employees and the growth of it excellent so if we talked about the converse conversation mm. right like so conversely what would you say when when it's not appropriate yeah. when a business owner should not even think about going east yeah yeah if you're a union shop it's going to be a real problem so mm. you can't because um, this is a retirement vehicle. People, when they get their money out of this, they get their money put into a retirement account. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's great because it goes automatically into a tax-free, you know, vehicle for them as well. But if you're in a situation where you've already negotiated a lot of retirement benefits to somebody, the ESOP isn't right for that. Sure. If you have a lot of seasonal employees and employee turnover, mm -hmm. that's going to be harder as well because it is um, – to meet – there are certain regulations that the government has set up about how ESOPs work. Mm -hmm. And um, so part of it is being there a certain amount of time every year and being there basically at the end of the year. So – that's kind of some of the main things that's not the right choice. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make the choice simply out of out of sort of a hero idea. Mm -hmm. You don't want to you want to make sure that you're getting what you need out of it as yes. well, that you get the value that you want out of it mm -hmm. and that it's not 100% becoming a personal dream of how it's going to work. Sure. Well, there are business owners out there who do want to be a hero and mm. they want to save everybody, but not necessarily themselves, mm. you know, um, for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. the legacy is more important than whatever money they can get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God bless them. Um, Absolutely. But I think for the majority of business owners, they want to participate in the upside, too. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, you've been a business owner a long time and so have yeah. I, and we've earned it. Absolutely. We have earned it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like the whole thing with women saying, oh, I was lucky. No, you mm -hmm. weren't. Mm -mm. And and I'll go as far as to say, oh, I, you know, I, I picked the right thing at the right time. I was interested in the right thing. But it was a lot of hard work and smarts mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. client management, all sorts of things to get you to that point. Exactly. So, you know, with an ESOP, you'll never be the hero that you think you're going to be. Because a lot of young people, they don't, it's the same thing. It's a retirement account. They are thinking mm. about short-term things. They want to buy a house mm. and have enough money to make a mortgage payment. They want to pay very simple things of just being able to live their lives. So a lot of people, the idea, and, and, you know, and you can sort of tell yourself, well, someday they'll realize I know. it. And that's mm -hmm. great. And it is the case. But on sort of a day-to-day -day or an annual basis, mm -hmm. people won't. The, the hero idea is not going to carry you through on creating an ESOP. You really have to do it for yourself mm -hmm. and then decide, use that legacy thing as part of it. For sure. Mm -hmm. And have right advice. Like you said, you yes. have good advisors. Um, this is definitely not a DIY, right? You have to have a myriad of advisors. Yeah, you do need a myriad of advisors. And, you know, first and foremost, you need a business advisor who knows what you, who can help you determine what you're looking for as part of your exit and is mm -hmm. looking for is the next stage of your company. I'm I'm on the board of yeah. the Minnesota Center for Employee Ownership. Yes. We are a nonprofit and mm -hmm. and we exist solely to help get the word out about ESOPs or cooperatives, other vehicles mm -hmm. for employee ownership. And um and so 
that is, I wish that I had had that resource because I had to figure it all out on myself. Oh. And now all the companies who we refer people to and who are sort of our, on our advisory council, they're all the companies that my agency works with because they're the people who do ESOPs in Minnesota. Sure. Mm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You're, so you're really helping your fellow entrepreneurs. Ah. Um, yeah. I kind of am doing the same thing. I didn't have the best exit myself. Um, sounds like you had a great one, but I really didn't. And, you know, thus, now I'm an exit planner. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of help people, you know, to make it a, a little bit easier and, and and better. And how amazing for people to have that opportunity to get your insight on that and what worked for you and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have the opportunity to get that from somebody like you. Thank you. Likewise. So um, what else can we say about ESOPs? I think one of the things that comes up, at least from what I've heard, when it comes up in conversation with my clients anyway, is, wow, I've heard they're very expensive. Um, They can be expensive. They're Mm going to be as expensive probably as any other sort of sale, broker, fees, or anything else that you're paying for mm-hmm. that. So you have to be a certain size to do it. And you have right. to have a certain amount of money to do it. But um, and the numbers are, are out there. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much you want me to sort of talk about it openly on that. But it does rack up, but not mm-hmm. necessarily too much um, on that. It also costs a little bit more each year each to year. Man- maintain yes. it. Right. But but how you're maintaining it are all the things that are good for your company. You're doing more, mm-hmm. um, more rigorous financial um, audits. You are doing a full valuation of the company every single year. Mm-hmm. And then you are also usually going to have a board of directors who is going to provide that sort of independent insight and oversight. And you're right. All of those things are very important yeah. that a lot of times get overlooked. Well... Uh, This has been a fantastic conversation, Nina. I appreciate so much your insight. I I could probably go on with a hundred more questions, but but we'll have to (laughs) say a lot to talk about. No, there is so much to talk about. Um, So I think that maybe the best piece of um, advice as far as how people could get a hold of of you or information on ESOP Mm. then would be to contact Minnesota Center for Employee Ownership, correct? Yes, that Mm -hmm. is correct. And we are Mm -hmm. MNCEO. So it's pretty easy. And Sue Crockett is the executive director of our organization. And she has such a history in the the whole ESOP association. She knows everything about it. And she's going to guide you to exactly who you need to talk to. I'm glad you brought her name up. She is Mm. um, the queen of ESOPs around here. So she definitely can um, point people in the right direction and be a a perfect resource. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh, tips or um, action items or best advice that you could share a couple things with our listeners on ESOPs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing you're going to want to talk about. If you're even thinking about doing an ESOP, if you're not paying yourself a salary, Talk about it with your advisor because Mm. once you become an employee, if you haven't exited and you're Mm. an employee, a salaried employee of the company, you then get to share in the annual distribution of stock. Mm. So I also, when I fully left, I had a whole bunch of stock in the company again. So it's the gift that keeps giving in that. (laughs) So really talk about that with your advisor about whether or not you should be giving yourself a salary and how that works. Yeah. I don't know if you can just turn that around. And, you know, we, we talked about this before, is but consider how you want to control your exit or your legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, it 
you know, I really wanted to control how I left that. And I loved the idea of leaving this legacy of wealth to other people. But you have to know what your reasons are. So really think that through. Mm. And talk to a lot of people who've done ESOPs. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best, right? Get it Mm -hmm. straight from the person who's lived it, someone like you. Get the good and bad. Yes. Yeah, because there's pros and cons to everything. Absolutely. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Nina. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so thrilled to have been invited. And, And invaluable information. And to our listening audience, you will definitely be able to download this episode at the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms where you can either subscribe or follow. We appreciate your reviews, and we appreciate you being here. Join us again next time.